You know I'm big on branding. Sure. What if we took the phrase peer pressure? Okay. And we rebranded it peer influence. There you go. We've just changed the way that people perceive peer pressure by rebranding it to peer sure. influence. It feels a little bit different when you wear it like that, doesn't it? It totally is, because I think when we think of pressure, what is the difference simply between two words that totally changes somebody's whole mental standpoint? I say peer pressure, we think negative, right? We say peer influence, we think, oh, positive connotation. Why is there such a difference between simply two words? Our relationship with language is, is very, very, very interesting. Yeah. I like you. I love you. I care for you. I love you. Mm -hmm. Language comes with a little bit of a different pre-perceived connotation. Peer pressure gets a bad rap, and part of the influence you can have on those around you is pressuring them or gassing them up to do better, do more, do greater. Absolutely. And I, I feel bad saying this because I feel like all my life growing on up, when, I don't know if it's you know from school, the way that they've portrayed it then, but in my mind, if I hear the word peer pressure, I instantly assumed it with a negative. My association with that word peer pressure was don't give in to what others are you know, trying to get you to do. And I, I went 27, 28 years of my life with that mentality. And it took coming up here and changing a work environment to see that peer pressure is very different than negative. Peer pressure is pushing you to to do better, to do the extra time, to break that personal record, whatever it is. It took me 28 years to realize there's a lot more positive associated with peer pressure than negative. It gets a really bad rap, it right? It does. It does. The word peer pressure. You just grab 10 strangers off the street right now, like, hey, what's your thoughts on peer pressure? Oh, that, oh that's not good. Right? It's what we were taught when we were little. Dissect the word. And I don't mean to sound cliche, but diamonds are coal under pressure. Right? Sure. It goes under pressure, it turns into a diamond. Peer, the people around you. So the people around you turning you into a diamond. Doesn't sound so bad to me. Not at all. And I hate the fact that my mentality, my thought process was peer pressure. You're going with your friends to a campfire and it's your senior year and they're going to force you to drink and you have to be strong enough to say no. Maybe that was just the way that I was looking well, at it. You just said you went 27 years with a negative connotation of peer pressure. How was that shift? Because it, it didn't happen in one instance. I think I had always been exposed to peer pressure and people wanting me to be better and to push further and to work harder, but it just simply took coming up to here to see it in that light, right? So it was always relevant, but my focus on peer pressure, I defined peer pressure, right? And as soon as you define something, a wise man once told me, as soon as you define something, it can no longer be anything else. So I defined peer pressure as a negative, and in my mind, moving forward, Peer pressure was only a negative context. It could only be used in a negative context. Now that you see it differently, mm -hmm. when you see others that still associate it as a negative, how does that make you feel? And what, like, how do you react to it now? Do you react different? Oh, I, oh yeah. It becomes my. I feel like now it, it's my calling to. Not my job is not to sway their mind and to totally one eighty their viewpoint, but to simply try and introduce what I was introduced into. So somebody who only sees it as a negative, then if I can work with them or if I can subconsciously apply peer pressure in a positive manner and have them come to the realization that, whoa, hang on a second, just as I did, this isn't all bad. This peer pressure is helping me develop. If what you're leading someone towards or to 
with peer pressuring them is something that is positive, you're doing them a favor. Absolutely. Right? For example, if, say I had a buddy that can almost dunk. Okay. And I just kept pressuring him over and over again. Try again. Try again. Try again. Try again. We all have a little bit more in us than we think we do as far Mm -hmm. as capability, right? Mm -hmm. And if he, on his 100th attempt, he gets that dunk, I peer pressured him into dunking a basketball for the first time. Yeah. Positive. Yeah. Right? Now, if he stays there 100 times, I'm peer pressuring him, and he never dunks the ball. I didn't do him a disservice either. I agree 100%. I think people who are in either, whether it's a leadership role or a managerial role, they have to be super cognizant of this because they're going to have a little bit more pull inside of that peer pressure realm. I think when it gets tough is when peer pressure is undefined. Mm -hmm. So you want to try something new in your life. Who knows, maybe you're six years into medical school and you're like, you know what? I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be a personal trainer. Okay. Wait, you're six years invested. You have $120,000 of student debt. What do you mean you're going to drop out of medical school? Yeah. And people start pressuring you to stay. You, you could combust if you stay. That's not the best thing for you because the best thing for all of us is to follow our intuition. This is my personal journey. I need to pursue what is simply going to make me happy at the end of the day. You might not have 100% feedback that people are going to be there supporting. If I left today and I said, my, my goal is to, to make macaroni art because that's my calling. People would want to check me into an institution because it, it's crazy. But I would hope that the support of those people is strong enough that they go, I don't see you know, where you're coming from and why you want to make this transition. But if you feel that strong in your convictions, there's got to be something there and I'll support you for that. But what about the people that don't? They're like, all right, Cody, if you want to make macaroni art, like, sure, we're not friends anymore. Sure. Like, I'm disowning you. And I think that comes down to sometimes the, that ring of people that you support yourself with, never in a million years is it going to be easy, but you might need to sacrifice or cut relationships or put those relationships on the back burner if they don't line up with what you have intended. It's not that that person's bad for not believing in you. They might just not see it in the same light that you do. So it's not that you have to cut all ties and this is a bad person for me. No, if you're that strong in your convictions and you're going to quit what you're doing to pursue what you really want, I think if you stay true enough to yourself, they will see how true that you are and then that will kind of change their opinion. Like, oh, wow, I I doubted this person, but I'm in the wrong for doing so when I see this end product. How did you get to the point where you are right now where you're this strong in your convictions? So I think if if we were to really go back throughout the line, when I was 18, I decided I wasn't happy with my body image. I wasn't to the shape that I wanted to be in. I realized, I felt like I was doing myself a disservice, if anything. So I thought, you know what? Take this time before I go off to college. It's a fresh start. I'm going to get myself started back on up, make myself a new me. And I really got into the gym realm. And after being inside of there, I started to, to discover like this happiness and this, this stress reliever that I had not experienced before. I thought, you know, maybe there is something here. So I just kind of kept going, you know, day by day by day. Started then, I thought, you know what, I'll pursue a PT route, a personal trainer route. Maybe this is going to work for me. Maybe this is going to create some happiness. Got certified, started training clients. And it was, it felt like a life changer, simply that I was happier during that time than I had ever been. And I thought, thought, I figured basically, you know, this is my calling. This is what I'm destined to do. Not to bring us off topic, but optimism versus pessimism 
I think there's something directly associated with the optimistic versus pessimistic viewpoint and that peer pressure. I think somebody who is optimistic, they're going to lead to a positive peer pressure. And I think vice versa, somebody who's pessimistic, you're going to view it as a negative peer pressure. Um, we interact with hundreds of people on a daily basis. And it's amazing that within the first three seconds of interacting with somebody, you could bet a million bucks. Is this a pessimist or is this an optimist? It's so crystal clear. And you're, it's magnetism. We're drawn to the people who are optimistic because I think we're optimistic people. And then you're almost repelled away and you go, what is wrong with that person? who is a pessimistic, but somebody who has a pessimistic mind frame, they're going to be a, a, attracted and, and magnetized to that individual. You know what's weird? So there's certain things where there's such clear delineation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're tall or you're short, right? <laughs> it's one or the other. Yeah. I think pessimism and optimism, there's, there's no clear, you know, optic of, oh, that person's, they're, they're an optimist. They, you know, they're sure. a pessimist. There's no... You know, sticker on their shirt that says, "Hello, my name is I'm a pessimist." Yeah, but, but they wear it. Oh yeah, they do. But they, but they, even though it's not on there, it's on there. They wear the shit out of it. From somebody that's made the transition from a pessimist to an optimist, how would you, if you had to coach somebody else through it? Sure, I would simply start with the first second that you wake up out of bed in the morning, and this is going to sound you know so silly, but are you excited to jump out of bed and to start the day, or are you? Waking up and grunting, going, new day. I got it. I, I have to go through this day. Are you excited that you're a part of this day, or are you already dreading that it's a new day? Okay, so I when you were a pessimist, yeah. do you actually remember you'd wake up and not look forward to your day? It wasn't to that extent. I just generally was not happy. I wouldn't say that I was depressed, but I could tell that this is not how I'm supposed to feel. Like I'm just not satisfied. I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel happy. And it may have been from career-based, from lifestyle choices, but I just did not feel like this is how most people are waking up feeling. That was kind of that. But where did you get that awareness from? How did you even know how to from compare my, yourself to From my people? circle of friends. It was directly where it was, I think, um, which is amazing that, you know, I didn't, I talk about if they're not supporting you, then you know that you cut them out, right? If they're, if they're not helping you, then they're just going to bring you down. I couldn't say that I was bringing up my circle of friends, but I think maybe they saw that I needed more help, and that's why they wanted to help promote that from within. Uh, I saw how they were feeling. I saw how they went from day to day, the happiness that they had, and I was envious of it because I didn't feel like I was at that same level. There's a sure. system for you to become because, I mean, we're hardwired a certain way, right? We are. I think it, it's tough, and I don't think that there is a true script because I think if there was a true script of, okay, well, then do this, do this, do this, we wouldn't have the influx of, of you know depression and pessimistic viewpoints that we have today. If I'm just you know to purely speak on my own behalf, you need to simply find what it feels like you were put on this earth to do. You have to find what you are meant to fulfill. And like I was talking earlier, for me before I went off to school, my whole thing is I was not happy with my body image. I wanted to change that. And getting into the gym. I mean, I, I can't even emphasize how much of a light switch it was from just from that pessimistic to optimistic. Once I started working out, I said, there's something here. I, I didn't know what it was. I'd be lying if I said, okay, well, I know that I'm supposed to be a personal trainer for the rest of my life. All I knew is that when I was leaving the gym at the end, I felt like I gave it my all. I felt accomplished. I felt better about myself. I felt like I was making a difference. I felt like I'm finally fulfilling what I should be. And it was a night and day switch. Try a million different things. 
Try to cook. Did you find your calling there? Try to color. Did you find your What well, if they call? never find their calling? They're just destined to be pessimists? I don't think so. I think a lot of people might not ever find their calling. But if in the meantime, if going through the journey, and this is, is again, is trying to take that optimistic viewpoint, your journey might be to simply experience life and to try a million different things and never find that right one. But now you've just expanded your palette that much and you've experienced so much. That might have been your personal call. So I believe an optimist yeah. can see the positive in almost anything. When you talked about you started changing your body, yeah, our body is our avatar, right? In a video yeah. game, if you're playing a video game and you're running around as John Wick or whatever. Sure. I don't know if there's John Wick video game. There's got to be. There's, there's close to ones. Great example. Yeah. Right. So if you're running around as John Wick, that's your avatar. Sure. So what you start to do, whether you realize it or not, is... You do things in that video game as John Wick would. Mm -hmm. To reflect that persona. Right. right. So your avatar, you start getting more fit. You start taking care of yourself. You start holding your chin higher, your chest out further, your shoulders back even further. You start walking through the world a certain way, and you start to see things different because you know you're being viewed different. Sure. Because that's how you're walking through the world. Sure. So... I think sometimes where we all go wrong, I know I do, is you take a stranger mm -hmm. and they say something, we've been talking about pessimism, they say something yeah. pessimistic and you clap right back with an alternate viewpoint, something, uh, well you could look at it like this and it's a positive. Like an optimistic viewpoint? Yeah, know? just okay. a counter to their negativity. Yeah. No, yeah. what if you looked at it like this, yeah. you know what I mean? That's the type of positive influence that... I wish everybody had in their life, but they do not. I, I have many friends, family members who don't have any optimism yeah. or positivity in their life. In fact, they have so much pessimism that when I come into the fold with my yeah. abundance of optimism, it's almost annoying. It comes off strong. Like, all right, come on, bro. Enough of that shit. Sure. How do you navigate that now that you're a cockeyed optimist? When sure. you get into the fold with people that are pessimists, how do you navigate those waters? I think we just continue to talk about you know, what, what you're called to do. And when you know that, okay, from day one, I've been an optimist. Um, I feel like your calling now is to reach out and simply not to sway or change the opinions of, of those others who are the pessimists, but just to be so strong in your convictions that they see your walk of life and they see your lifestyle. And that's how you're going to impact them by not wavering or changing who you are. So simply by remaining who you are as a person, you're, whether it's a direct indication like they, they verbally say something or they physically show something that shows that they are reflecting, they see your positivity, you know that you're planting that seed and it's impacting them in some way. And you might see it in a month, you might see it in 10 years. But at the end of the day, you know that your actions are in fact impacting them. I think this brings a lot of value to listeners. Yeah. The fact that you were once a pessimist. For sure. And you are now an optimist. You are living proof that you can change the way that your brain perceives the world. I think so. I, re I really do. In that yeah. sense, are there times where you worry, I'm going back to being a pessimist? Because I see, mm -hmm. I'll see when you get flustered. And this is just at work. Sure. Who knows sure. what you're doing to leave here, but... I see, I see the big guy get flustered sometimes. Like, huh? He's in, in one of those moods. For sure. Do you ever worry about going back? I absolutely do. And if I'm being 
you know, I know we're getting personal now. If I'm being completely candid with you, that is one of my biggest fears as I resort back to a pessimistic outlook. I don't want to go back to a pessimistic outlook. So what I try to do is when I feel, I can feel just as anybody, when you start to fall into that groove and you're getting negative and you're getting flustered and things are packing on, you got to dig deep. But I simply look at what is, what's the optimism viewpoint in this scenario. So what's your process of, I feel like I'm going there. Like, sure. How do you recalibrate? I simply look at what I've done and what I've accomplished, and I try to weigh on those previous accomplishments to help propel me forward, right? So I look, okay, you know, I clearly did not hit my numbers this week. I let this person down. I did not pull my weight how I should have. But where did I start at? Where did I get to? How did I get to this point? And that was through optimism and just simply taking that exact experience that I'm facing right now and learning from it. So let's reapply that scenario to this current standpoint and learn from it again. What's the, what's the closest you've become to reverting back to being pessimistic? Oh, man. Like like what what event? Yeah, is there a certain time? Oh, man, that that is really tough. Within the last year, it would be when I was when I was up here at work and I felt like I did not the position that I've been placed into and elected into, I am not fulfilling the duties. And what it felt like was I'm I'm letting down the team who I have with me, I'm not doing them a service. If anything, I'm at this point by not fulfilling my duty, I am dragging down the trainers and the MSRs. I'm stunting their growth, um, and that is a that is in my, to me that is the worst possible feeling. How did you recalibrate? I simply said, you know what, I need to take this. I need to learn from this. It was that simple. You're like, I'm just going to learn from this. I'm, I, it, I know it sounds silly because I wish it was that easy. As somebody could simply say, it sounds say, too easy. It, it does. So how's a listener going to drive value from? Oh, when you're look like you're off kilter, just just sure. remind yourself. Like that's I, tough. In my mind, I go back to where I was, and I know how Cody operated, right? And I know how I would spiral. I know the disintegration of breaking myself down in the in the spot in the place in the box that I would put myself in, and it is it was not a healthy viewpoint. Uh, so it's simply saying that I cannot resort back to that. So what is the positive outcome? And it's simply to learn from this experience. Let's try to make the best of it. 